What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Friday, January 29th, and I am not fired up for the Pro Bowl. I'm just not. (laughs) But I am fired up for the Senior Bowl, and tis the season, man. We are in Dynasty season. We are in NFL draft season, probably the most unique NFL draft process that hopefully we'll ever see because of the Combine being canceled due to uh, the ongoing COVID pandemic. Uh, it's going to be a crazy, crazy pre-draft process, but it's officially on. Game on. Mock Draft 1.0 is out, and I'm doing it on the show today. It's just a one-rounder, that's all, but we're going to roll through it. And, of course, the landscape could change pretty dramatically here in the coming weeks, but uh, 1.0. All right, we'll probably end up doing about four of them. Uh, That's what I have planned here before we get to the draft. But 1.0, we'll roll through this. There is some fantasy relevance, but it's also just straight-up football talk. Ah, you're going to have to deal with it, okay? Let me tell you about our sponsor, though, before we get into that. That, of course, is Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest-growing daily fantasy site in the world because... MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks, and that means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and, of course, eSports, along with the big one, the big daddy of them all, football. MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Dot com has it all. And you know what else Monkey Knife Fight has? A free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50 with a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com. You can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. All right, so we're going to dive into it because, uh, yeah, next week we'll talk all Super Bowl. We'll have player prop thoughts for you. We'll break the game down. We'll do all that fun stuff next week. But this mock was a lot of fun to put together. I viewed it as an academic exercise where I was going to address the draft as it stands. No trades. I know there are going to be trades. I get it. But address the draft as it stands with two things in mind. First, the needs of the teams who are picking. Second, the players who will likely be first-round picks. Now, the guys who I have is like top 10 guys. Yes, they are going to be first-round picks. It would be shocking if they weren't. The guys who are at the back end, though, yeah, they're day one, day two guys. They may not go in day one, but that was the exercise here. Typically, too, when you're in the top 10, I mean... Unless you're going after a quarterback, in the mo- and for the most part, these teams are going to be taking best players on the board. Uh, and, and, of course, you know, maybe addressing needs, but more or less, I mean, you have a shot at a top 10 guy. This guy ultimately could be a gold jacket guy. You take the guy, right? So that was all I had in there. Uh, my goal was not to have this right. You know, like I'm not naive enough to think that I'm going to get this right. I know that that some of these picks are are certainly going to, uh, you know, cause a little bit of conversation. And I think that's part of the process here. 
Uh, you know, I, I I think you know when people get up on their high horse over mock drafts, it's just kind of silly because like, dude, you're not any more correct than I am or anybody else who's paying attention to this stuff. So you know, the haters, the haters can you know they can bring it. But regardless, let's dive into it. At one, Jacksonville is on the clock. It is the easiest pick. Everybody's gonna get this right in their mocks this year. It's gonna be Trevor Lawrence. I can't see them going any other direction. The Urban Meyer era begins. With a franchise quarterback and uh, easy peasy, right? Jacksonville does have two picks in this round, though, so we'll get to that in a bit. And number two, the Jets, it's their pick currently. Now, I do realize that this may not ultimately be their pick if they decide to try and acquire Deshaun Watson. There are other teams in play there, including the team who's at three, Miami. But I, as I said, not worried about trades for this one. This is more just straightforward, uh, you know, address a need, move forward, you know, and guys who are going to be this high. I think Zach Wilson is the pick. I think Zach Wilson will ultimately be the second pick in the draft, regardless of who has the pick. It is weird when you hear Robert Sala come out and say uh, that, you know, sing the praises of Sam Darnold. That seems a bit odd at this point. But Zach Wilson, with what he did in 2020, a very meteoric rise, but the dude can flat out ball. Big boy throws. I think he's a really intriguing prospect. And number three, like I said, it is Miami. Now, it could ultimately be Houston. They could get that pick back, but again, I'm going to play it as it lies. This would assume that they didn't get that pick back. That means they still probably have Tua Tungavailoa. You know, Houston doesn't get the pick back, that is. So Miami still has Tua Tungavailoa. Why not get him an upgrade at wide receiver. Now, I do think the best wide receiver on the board is Jamar Chase. It is not a knock on Devontae Smith whatsoever, but a little bit of out of sight, out of mind for some people on Chase. He was spectacular in 2019. And as much as I'd love to see him go at five, by the way, to the Bengals, I do think he's off the board at this point. And, you know, hey, man, he was he was the best receiver on LSU in 2019. And just let that sink in because he was the best receiver on a team that featured one of the best rookie wide receivers that we've seen in the NFL in, I mean, maybe ever. <laughs> just given the statistical performance, Justin Jefferson was outrageously good this year, exceeded expectations, and Jamar Chase was better than him in 2019. Now, granted, 2019 a while ago, but... He's number three. At number four, oh, this one felt scripted. This one was easy for me. Justin Fields uh, to the Falcons at number four. They have to start thinking about life beyond Matt Ryan. This gives them a runway, too. You know, you don't have to necessarily rush Justin Fields onto the field. You have a new coaching regime in place. Uh, get things started this way. You have Matt Ryan there. Now, this will be... Or it could be a kind of Eli Manning, Daniel Jones situation, though, because I, I've, I say this all the time. You don't draft a freaking quarterback in top five and then have him sit the entire year. Like, there's going to be pressure to get him on the field, but at least you do have that runway with, with Matt Ryan. Uh, Justin Fields from Georgia. Remember, he originally went to Georgia, and Jake Fromm was the starter. <laughs> so he goes to Ohio State. And, man, I, I just look back at what he did in the semifinal round. That's the, the ceiling for Justin Fields. So appealing there for, uh, you know, the long-term, the, the fantasy appeal is there, too. At five, you know, again, I'd love to say Jamar Chase, but, you know, let's let's be realistic here. You have a franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow, no doubt in my mind there. 
You have a franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow who suffered a season-ending injury and got beat up the entire year because you couldn't freaking protect him. Get yourself some offensive line help, Cincinnati. At five, take Penny Sewell if he's there. But that's who I have going to him here. Penny Sewell, man, was he so good in 2019. I mean, so good in 2019. No sacks in 2019 allowed. And he pitched a shutout with no hits or hurries allowed in 9 of 13 starts. So great pick there if he is available in that spot. You sure that up. This will be a little bit of a theme I'll get to as I go forward here. Philly, I see you, Eagles fans. I see you, and I know what you want. You want some wide receiver help. We don't know who your quarterback's going to be, by the way. I don't think Nick Sirianni knows who your quarterback's going to be, and that's what he indicated at his press conference today. Uh, he's he's not telling us what they're doing. Oh, we have two quarterbacks. Well, then you have none, Nick. But anyway, you still need wide receiver help, so why don't we go out and get a Heisman Trophy winner in Devontae Smith? I mean, the dude was so electric this year. You pair him up with Jalen Rager. That is a sexy one-two combo for the future. You can do a lot of fun things with these guys. You just need a quarterback. you got to figure out who that is. Uh, at 7, Detroit's going to need a quarterback as well because Matthew Stafford eventually will be on the move. They have to trade him before March 21st or else they have to pay him $10 million. So expect that to happen, but I don't expect it to happen until we get into March. Anyway, that means they're going to have to they're going to have a quarterback need and I don't see them getting a bridge quarterback. I see them going after massive upside. If there's a player this year who gives you that sort of Josh Allen type upside where yes, there's a bit of a project, but there's also an enormous ceiling, it's Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Giddy up, Trey Lance. New regime, Dan Campbell regime. Biting off kneecaps, Trey Lance. At eight, Carolina does need a quarterback. Allegedly, they might be in the Deshaun Watson runnings, by the way. But I don't see them taking a quarterback here if Lance is off the board. So this is what I was referring to earlier. Maybe you just take the best guy on the board. And I don't like doing what I'm about to do, and I'll explain why. But at the same time, the best guy on the board, Kyle Pitts, tight end. Florida. Here's what I don't like. I don't like taking a tight end this early. I don't. You know me. I don't like taking a tight end this early, and especially in the NFL where your payoff at the position is not going to happen in 2021. Like Kyle Pitts will do some fun things, but it's going to be a developing year. 2022, probably still a developing year. Like we saw, you know, TJ Hawkinson, for example, take a big step forward in year two, but he still wasn't even fully to what he could be. So your payoff takes a little bit longer at the position, but at the same time, if Kyle Pitts was a wide receiver, I would probably have him as the fourth wide receiver in this year's class. I mean, he is a wide receiver in a tight end's body. Is he a future gold jacket guy? I mean, obviously, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but again, you know, when you think of what you're drafting in this spot, you want to take a guy who has an enormous ceiling, has all, you know, all, all ticks all the boxes. Kyle Pitts essentially does that for you here at tight end. Imagine that, Carolina, with all those intriguing weapons and then adding Pitts into the mix. All right, so we get to nine, and here's where I did something fun. I, again, I don't, I, my goal was not to be accurate. 
But my goal was to really think through needs and where players may go. So at nine, I went to Denver with Mac Jones. Now, I know. I know. It's too early. I know. I wouldn't legit draft him here. But every year where quarterbacks should go, especially quarterbacks of this range, like we know the elite guys, you know Lawrence is the number one pick, Zach Wilson is probably the two or the three depending on how things shake out, I think he's the two, and then Justin Fields is a top five guy as well, and yes, very likely Lance is a top ten guy, maybe a top five guy, we'll see. Mac Jones is like uh, 15 to 20, right, if things work as they should. He's like the the 17th, 18th player picked, which is still pretty freaking good. But the problem is that this is a quarterback needy league right now, and Denver is in that position, and Denver has, you know, obviously the the new uh, general manager. They, I mean, Mac Jones is not the same type of quarterback as some of these other guys, but Obviously, proven winner, a guy who can ultimately, you know, potentially be a reasonably good long-term starter. My buddy Austin Gale from over at PFF comped him in some ways to Kirk Cousins. And I don't think that's a bad thing, by the way. Like, Kirk Cousins has been a starter for a number of years now. I don't think that's a terrible thing. But is he going to be a Josh Allen type? No. But I also think that there's a good chance he goes in the top 10. So that was my little bit of statement there. On to Dallas at 10, I go Caleb Farley, cornerback out of Virginia Tech. It was an issue for Dallas. I mean, they did address the position last year with Diggs. So now you get Diggs to partner up with Farley. That's a nice one-two punch there for the long term. And Farley kind of a little bit reminiscent of Byron Jones to me. Not exactly the comp, but, but reminiscent of it. At 11, New York Giants on the clock. Daniel Jones needs some help. Get him, Get him a weapon here. How about Jalen Waddell, the other wide receiver out of Alabama? He's not a big body guy, but man, so explosive, so dynamic. And the ability to play all around the formation. Like, he's not an undersized guy who you pretty much view as a slot. He can play in the slot. He can play outside the numbers. He can, you know, he can give you reps in the backfield, ultimately, if you really freaking wanted him to. Not that you're going to need that with uh, Saquon Barkley, but it's that positionless ability that that becomes really appealing with a guy like Jalen Waddle. So have him going at 11. At 12, Patrick Sertain out of Alabama. Uh, the 49ers, I mean, they're somewhat old at the position, but a lot of their corners are, are heading into free agency, so I don't expect them to retain a bunch of the guys who were there this year. So you get young at the position. You get a guy from Alabama. Getting an Alabama guy is never a bad thing. Uh, you have a, a longer corner in Sertain, very smart corner in Sertain. Is he the absolute best athlete at the position? Probably no, I would say not. But you still get a guy in there who can do really ultimately what you want him to do. Yeah, rookie corners are going to struggle a little bit, but a long-term starter in the league, I think he is, absolutely. So this means that at 13, things kind of work the right way for the Chargers. I have them going with Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern, the offensive tackle. The reason why I say it sort of works the right way, because Slater could have went earlier. He absolutely could go in the top 10. In fact, there are some out there who believe he's the top offensive tackle in this draft class. But every so often there are guys who slide. This one makes perfect sense to me because you have a franchise quarterback. Let's protect him. 
And let's get some young bodies in there, some high pedigree guys, and boom, protect your guy. So uh, there you go with 13 at 14. I go uh, to Minnesota, I go Quiddy Pay. Uh, the whole objective here is, you know, they they need an edge presence. Uh, this, you know, they, they went Justin Jefferson last year. They do need an upgrade on the edge. Pay is is one of those guys. He's not coming into the league at his ceiling or even close to his ceiling. But I actually like the fact that you can get him in, Mike Zimmer can develop him, and then you have long-term upside with, with Pay. It's it's sort of like that tight end dilemma though with an edge rusher because it is going to take a little bit of time, but the payoff can be really nice if you really nail that edge. And we know how important edge is so important in a pass heavy league. New England needs a quarterback. I, you know, I know a lot of people are are actually mocking Mac Jones to them. I just don't. I don't think the way the quarterbacks go. I just don't know if he's going to be there. So that being said, uh, this sets up well to address one of their needs. They have so many of them. But how about Micah Parsons out of Penn State? He's widely viewed as the top off-ball linebacker in this year's class. They need help against the, you know, especially against the run, where at times they struggled mightily. Go back to that San Francisco game; you'll see exactly what I mean. And uh, yeah, Parsons steps in day one, gives them that instant impact against the run. Arizona addresses edge. You know, they had Marcus Golden, who they traded for. He he's going to hit free agency. I, I doubt he's back. So how about Gregory Rousseau out of Miami? Really interesting young player who, you know, again, athleticism, the physical traits are off the charts. He does have a limited resume at the college level, but I don't think Arizona is going to be worried about that. All right, on to 17, I do think that the Raiders need to shore up the defensive side of the ball, and Mike Mayock would agree with me. At least he said as much this week. So let's go Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa out of Notre Dame, the linebacker. Little bit undersized, but speedy, rangy, three-down option. Could be a little bit more of like a weak side flow and chase type linebacker at the pro level. But regardless, you need you need a lot of pieces here in linebacker, certainly one of them. Miami with their second pick. They also have a need at linebacker. So let's go Zayvon Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. Uh, bigger bodied, you know, he's definitely not undersized and, you know, kind of has that look of a Belichick type linebacker. Like you think of like Jamie Collins, for example, uh, back in the New England days, it's Brian Flores. It's a, it's a Belichick disciple. Like this guy fits it really well for me. I think, you know, almost a slam dunk for them, uh, in this spot, Washington, of course, has a need at quarterback. They're not going to address it here. I have him going Christian Darasaw. Offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. Uh, you know, you get some help along the offensive line. This kid is a run blocker, man. This kid makes plays. That's really good news for uh, Antonio Gibson. At 20, we have Chicago up next. I don't know if Allen Robinson stays put, but regardless, they still have a need at wide receiver. So how about Rashad Bateman? I love Rashad Bateman. I think it's just me. Maybe I just love Minnesota, you know, Golden Gopher wide receivers because I have my Tyler Johnson love as well. But man, he's, you know, what I loved about Tyler Johnson coming into the league, so fundamental. Like Bateman's so fundamental, but he actually is, you know, he's bigger, he's more athletic than Tyler Johnson. So I think that'd be a great get right there. Indy on the clock at 21. Aziz Ojalari from. Uh, Georgia, the edge rusher, you know, you need to get younger at on the edge here. Justin Houston's not going to play forever. Uh, so you get you get a very quality 
uh, edge rusher, you know, speed rusher. Not not the biggest guy at the position, but a speed rusher, so you get some speed on the edge there for the Colts. At 22, the Tennessee Titans need some help at corner. Uh, looking down my list, I have J.C. Horn, the next man up. Uh, Joe Horn's son is really interesting, athletic player, uh, you know, and actually has the ability to play man coverage, which is something that Tennessee does, so he'll go there. 23 was an interesting one, so I wanted to have fun with this, and I did want to make a little bit of a statement. So I went with Travis Etienne to the Jets. I know I'm not the only one who's mocking him here, but here's the deal. I do think there's at least one, if not two, running backs taken in the first round. I know that running backs in the first round, you know, that's not like a draftnik type thing to do to advocate for or anything like that. I'm not necessarily saying they should take him here, but I'm saying I do think either Etienne or Najee Harris is going to go in the first round. It's just the way it goes. And it's not a bad thing, actually, for us for fantasy purposes. The beauty to to running backs being taken in the latter part of the first round is they often land on good teams. <laughs> so now the Jets here, eh, all right, maybe not. But I do think at least one running back goes, and the Jets do have a big need at running back. Uh, in in this year's draft. Uh, Pittsburgh also has that need, but I'm not giving them Najee Harris. I actually went with Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. Uh, he really gives you uh, a strong presence pass blocking that you could potentially put at right tackle there uh, for the Steelers. 25, Jacksonville, Elijah Vera Tucker, Played tackle at USC, but he is being, you know, essentially being labeled as a offensive guard in the pre-draft process. You know, sure up the interior of your offensive line and protect your quarterback, right? Young quarterback, get get some young offensive linemen in there to protect and really try and bolster the position. At 26, Cleveland has a need along the interior, but not offensive line, defensive line. Christian Barmore out of Alabama. I always want to call him Christian Barrymore. I always do. But Christian Barmore, uh, you know, you, you think of what you got on the outside with Miles Garrett. You get the interior push here as well. Uh, and and this is not a defensive tackle class. It isn't. But Barmore is really the top player on the board. So getting him a little bit later in the first round, not a bad little get here. Uh, if it worked out this way for Cleveland. At 27, I want to give Lamar Jackson some firepower. So I went with Rondale Moore out of Purdue. <sighs> Dynamic slot receiver, so you kind of pair up with what you have on the outside with Marquise Brown. Uh you maybe if Miles Boykin can ever take a step forward. I don't know if that that ship's ever going to sail, but you get Rondale Moore in there, the one-two combo of him and uh and Marquise Brown. That is really interesting for me. At 28 the Saints need to address linebacker, so I'm going Nick Bolton out of Mizzou. Bolton is, he's not the biggest, not the, the most imposing guy or anything like that. Like, he he's not Collins. But what he is, is a guy who can do all three things. Like, you know, he can he can defend the run well. He can, he can um, you know, play in coverage uh, for you. And he can rush the passer if you ask him to. So it's a really well-rounded game for him. High IQ player as well, so somebody who could step in right away and really fill a need for that team. At 29, I know this is not going to happen, but I would love it if this happened. Kadarius Tony, wide receiver, Florida. Look him up if you haven't seen him already. <laughs> he is phenomenal. He's so freaking dynamic. He's basically like a punt returner. Put him 
with Devontae Adams and then Aaron Rodgers on the field, please, it's not going to happen. They're not going to draft a freaking wide receiver in the first round. But please, just do it. (laughs) I would love to see that. Uh, Buffalo at 30, Jalen Phillips, edge rusher, Miami. Yes, two edge rushers for Miami in the first round. They need help on the edge. Jerry Hughes getting along in the tooth. Uh, This would be low for Jalen Phillips. Keep in mind, though, that he could fall due to the injury history. Remember, he had the concussion history, actually retired briefly there from college football. So that could have him, the medicals could have him slightly down the board. Tampa at 31, I know, they could be at 32. But uh, Jason Owe out of Penn State, another edge. Again, get younger at the position. Jason Pierre-Paul on the wrong side of 30. Shaq Barrett heading into free agency. Do they retain him or not? So here they would be able to address the position. And finally, Kansas City at 32. I went with Wyatt Davis, offensive guard out of Ohio State. Really a solid pass-protecting interior offensive lineman who, you know, hey, if you you got Patrick Mahomes, you want to protect this dude, uh, you you bolster the interior of your offensive line where where it's more of a need than, you know, you, you don't have that need on the outside. Well, you do in the Super Bowl with the injuries, but you don't have that as much uh, as you do on the interior. Uh, so there you go. First 32. Not how it's going to work out. <laughs> But good luck predicting that. But at least, you know, an initial look at the needs of the teams, the players who could potentially land in the first round. Uh, Mock Draft 2.0 will be coming up in a little over or a little under a month. And we'll see how things change by that point. Maybe we'll have a Deshaun Watson trade by that point and uh, we'll shift things around. But anyway, if you want to see the write up on this, go head on over to FTNFantasy.com. And by the way, Right now, we have a comprehensive package for the Super Bowl available. It's 20 bucks over at FTNFantasy.com, FTNDaily.com, FTNBets.com. It's going to break down everything you need for the Super Bowl, DFS-wise, bets-wise. Like, you want all my player prop bets. By the way, uh, you might make more. It may pay for itself just in those darn player props by itself. You know, just say it. Just saying. So head on over, ftnfantasy.com. Please keep reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate all the reviews so far. If you haven't already, it's really easy to do. If you have yourself an iPhone, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, go to my podcast, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe, scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and you're done. That's it. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use that hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. Enjoy that Pro Bowl, but you know, also enjoy the Senior Bowl, baby. We'll be back next week. We will talk all Super Bowl all week long. Player props. The player prop spectacular is coming at you next week. Giddy up, baby. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side of the weekend. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.